0: You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts. Stitcher or any other podcast app. And don't forget all of your smart speakers. It is available on alongside Spotify. You can never make an excuse for missing a day of Locked on Pelicans. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media editor over at LockedonPelicans.com, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday. It's a game day and also the day after a game, which is weird to say in preseason. But yes, the Pelicans did play last night. It was streaming through pelicans.com and the Pelicans app if you were in 75 miles of the Smoothie King Center, and they did lose 140 to 128, continuing their winless preseason. Now 0 for 4 with their final game coming up tonight in what's hopefully, truly the dress rehearsal for this team. But we're going to recap the game from with the Miami Heat, talk about how they gave up 140 points, and a lot of concern from this one in certain aspects, but there were a couple of key guys not And so certainly that's going to help things. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, you know, at this point, the daily update on the Jimmy Butler saga. At least this one's entertaining. And then we'll talk about one of the concerns that we've really seen here in preseason that really reared its ugly head last night before then, previewing the game for you. So a lot to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the game last night, a 141-28 loss for your New Orleans Pelicans, leaving them defeated in preseason so far. Not one win. This was a rough game. Yes, the Pelicans started to make it somewhat interesting in the fourth quarter where they outscored the Heat by 11 points, but the game was already out of reach there. And through the first three quarters by number, Miami scored 36, 38, and then 41 in Q3. Not great if you're the New Orleans Pelicans and that's not how you're going to win games. But it's preseason, so we can't take that much away from this, right? This is true, particularly when Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and Etuan Moore didn't play at all. Jalil Okafor still out as well, along with Alexia Jinsa out with injury. That's... Three really key guys, three starters from last year, one pretty good reserve, decent reserve for this team. So you saw some really weird lineups and different combinations of guys And that's just never going to work well when some of these guys have not been used to playing with each other, probably even in training camp and practice. So there's not a ton to glean from this game, but a couple things that we've seen be issues throughout preseason, and maybe going back a little bit to last year, have reared their ugly head, and we do need to talk about it. But first, let's talk about who played well and who didn't. We can just, let's go down the list of starters here. Alfred Payton, playing 27 minutes, was uh, 7 for 11 from the field, 2 of 3 from deep you can see he's explosive and can get to the rim led this team on the fast break scored 17 points on the night had eight assists just look there like a better version of rondo and what you want to see from him had one ill-advised three really early in the shot clock and a two-for-one opportunity i'm not going to begrudge him that one but he might trust his three-point shooting more than we trust his three-point shooting it's maybe a good way to play it Um, But 17 points in in the 27 minutes he played on 11 shots. That's effective. Only got to the free throw line one time. You'd like to see that a little bit more. But you can see he's starting to feel comfortable. And if this guy needs to shoulder the scoring load, I think that's great. I think one of the reasons he had a better game tonight is because he wasn't playing with Anthony Davis and some of these other guys and feeling that he needs to defer to him. He was just out there and allowed to go and score. And he did exactly that. Ian Clark started in the backcourt alongside him. Four of seven from the field. 0 for two from deep And finished with eight points on the night. Got burned a couple of times on defense. Was kind of caught out of position as the Pelicans surrendered a lot of three-point shots in this one. um, Particularly in the first half when the Miami Heat were on fire from there. So not ideal. Not, you know, we know what to expect from him. The scoring's going to be there. We like, I liked him more kind of running the offense a little bit, being the go-to rim score in the second half of last year, a role he really succeeded with, as opposed to the sharp shooting Ian Clark that we saw from the first part of the year that started off strong and then fell into the doghouse. So kind of what you would expect from him in this game. Solomon Hill played 22 minutes, one of three from the field, three points, four personal fouls, and didn't. Look good. His defense hasn't looked great. He did hit a three. That was the one made shot. Tried to drive a couple of times to the rim that were just bad, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. Let's leave it at that. You know, you've got to feel a concern if the Pelicans do start him in the in the front court alongside Anthony Davis and a guy like Miritich or Randall with just the lack of offense compresses that this team a little bit. And you can see he's not great in transition either. He says all the right things. You know, you want him to be a great defender, but I don't think he's lived up to that. This is a concern and something we need to keep an eye on going forward. Starting at power forward, Julius Randle played almost 30 minutes in this one, 6 of 10 from the field. He hit a 3 on an open attempt and got to the free throw line 12 times, hitting 10 of them. Finished with 23 points on the night, 4 assists, 6 rebounds. This is what you want from him. He had a couple of turnovers, though, that were due to him trying to be a playmaker and just not being on the same page as teammates, I felt. A lot of pass—he would get down low, and then guys would cut, and you try and pass to him, and just the passes weren't quite there, or the teammate wasn't ready for the ball. That's usually chemistry issues, and as he gets more comfortable with these guys, I think you'll see these turnover numbers go down. But he was aggressive— and a guy who can get to the line 12 times, pair him alongside Anthony Davis. That is exactly what you want to see in a way that this team can be really successful other than just playing in the half court. Mirtich started up there with him as well. They played near identical minutes, close to 30 as well for him. He was 7 for 13 from the field, 1 of 6 from deep. That 3-point shot not falling. Did get to the line 6 times. What you want to see from him scoring in other ways. Sc- finished with 19 points on the night. Good for him. Good for him to try and score other ways when his shot's off. You didn't really see that from Ryan Anderson a lot. Got to see it from Meritich tonight, exactly what you wanted to see. Jared Jack got significant burn, 14 minutes on the night, two points. He had three assists as well. You know, You have to figure he's in line for some minutes. He probably is going to make the team um, and then maybe get waived later on. But it depends on some of these other guys. And they have an opportunity to kind of do that here this um, final preseason game. Derrick Miller was red hot from behind the line. Five of six from three. Six of nine overall. Finished with 17 points. If he can be that sharpshooter, this is a very, very useful player. Not great defense, reached a couple of times, uh, was out of position there too. But overall, if he's going to give you some of that kind of three-point shooting, you're going to take it on a nightly basis. Frank Jackson, 21 and a half minutes in this one, 4-6 from the field, finished with 13 points, five rebounds, two assists, only one turnover. This is a better game from him. I'll take four of six. Off the bench for 13 points was one of one from deep. Let him get a feel for this. If he plays like that, let's give him 10 minutes a game. You can sign me up for that. The Williamses were in the game each for around nine minutes. Um, Kendrick Williams, one of two on the night, one for one from deep. Got to the line four times, only hit one of those. Finished with four points, not great. Troy Williams, on the other hand, looked like he might really be fighting for a roster spot and having a legitimate chance at making it. A little over 9 minutes, 5 of 9 from the field, 3 of 6 from deep, 50% right there. Gave you 14 points. Not much else, not much else at all, but if you get a guy who can give you 3 for 6 off the bench, I think you're going to take that as well, and this this team looks for a little bit more 3-point shooting. Garland Green, the other guy in the mix with those guys, was 2 of 5 from the field, 7 points. I liked his defense a little bit more. His rebounding was was good enough, and overall, you kind of had to be happy with that. No one else really of note. Darius Morris got into the game. Brandon McCoy got into the game. Trevon Blewett got into the game. Didn't really do anything. And so it sounds really good. These guys were hitting shots and all that. But no, there was concerns about this one. And we'll talk about it in the next segment on what we saw in this preseason game and why this is kind of a concern going forward for some of these issues. So I've been saying it all week. I'm going to say it again now. You guys have to tune into Locked On NBA, especially this week. We are running the season preview for every single team. Do you want to know what's going on with every single team around the league to just be a smarter NBA fan as the season starts up in less than a week now? Of course you do. The easiest way to do it is listening to 30-minute podcasts over at Locked on NBA, which you should be doing anyway, because I always co-host the Wednesday edition. Except for this week, find out what's going on with the Pelicans rivals, the Southwest Division, the Eastern Conference, who might come out of there, because our local experts are giving you all the insight that you need. These are the guys that cover the team on a daily basis. And of course, yesterday, we had the Pelicans preview up there, which I did for the podcast as well. So make sure you listen and subscribe to Locked on NBA wherever you get your podcasts From, So the bad from preseason, and this is going to tie into the larger issue that I kind of teased there in the opening. Then we'll mention the Jimmy Butler stuff and laugh before we talk about the upcoming game tonight. Pelicans really struggled in certain aspects in this game, and we've kind of seen it in preseason. A lot of that had to do with the defensive glass. They gave up 16 offensive rebounds in this one. That's not what you want. Second chance points for a team that can at times struggle that's gonna be a concern going forward we've seen it when Anthony Davis is out there I think some of that has to do with energy and effort and then really just not trying you saw Anthony Davis go at 50% at best the other night when it came to um, the when it came to effort so that's a concern but these other guys who are fighting for roster spots who really need to be taking this seriously to kind of have these lackadaisical moments where they're not boxing out they're not really fighting hard. For rebounds, defensive boards, you saw a number of guards kind of just run in behind and get the ball that way. Tyler Johnson did it. He is a point guard, and he had three offensive rebounds because the Pelicans just would not kind of try. Those were all hustle plays for him. So really not what you want to see from some of these guys. Guys just flying in. The Pelicans unaware. Court awareness is always going to be a thing. So that's kind of a big deal. It's a concern and just not what you want to see from this team. And it's been that way. You know, they were in the bottom third when it came to defensive rebounding last season. The Pelicans said that was okay, but you have to figure they need to get better at that if they want to run even more so. And their transition offense hasn't been great. If you're trying to play fast, but you're doing it by putting the ball, uh, by inbounding the ball after a made basket, you're, you, the other team's going to get back and get set, and your offense is going to be inefficient by taking early shots because they're not those open early shots that you're looking for. Defensive rebounding has to get better for this team if they really want to improve. It's also just defending on the perimeter in general. Josh Richardson, who's pretty good and is maybe the key component of a potential trade for Jimmy Butler, put up 25 points. He plays a guard position. That's not what you want to see. Now, maybe that's a little bit better when Anthony or when Drew Holiday's back, when Antoine Moore's back but it's so concern because Alfred Payton was in this game and they have high hopes for him defensively and the Heat's backcourt really kind of lit this team up at times. Tyler Johnson scored 12 points as well. They were red hot from behind the arc. Some of those guys, Richardson was four for seven. You've got to find a way to run those guys off and this team really didn't find a great way of doing that. And on the flip side of that, we've seen bad interior defense all preseason. Now, We have to figure that's going to get better with Anthony Davis is trying and trying to look to take away the rim. And when he's really out there with Drew Holiday to at least slow guys down. And if they can figure out that small forward position, I think that helps too. But the Pelicans gave up 60 points in the paint. Again, they've been one of the top teams giving up points in the paint. With the team with Anthony Davis, even though he's not playing a ton, didn't play last night, still a bit of a concern. You had um, Bam Adebayo bio put up 26 on the night on just 17 shots, got to the line. you know. He he took the right shots, grabbed a number of rebounds, five offensive boards, seven defensive boards for him as well. So that's not great. So this team's defense looks to be a bit of a mess. I don't know if it's the switching or lack of switching or just the guys not being out there, but this is something that they really can't afford to have uh, occurring as they start the year. They have an easy schedule at home that you almost need to go 4-for-4 on after the opening game against Houston. If you're playing really bad defense, you're going to maybe drop one, if not two of those games by just porous defense. And your offense is just not quite there because they're still figuring each other out. And all of a sudden, you just lost to a team that you shouldn't. And that's a bad start for the Pelicans, given that right after that, they have a tough road trip ahead of them. So something they need to consider, something they need to keep in mind. And let's get this defense fixed as we head towards the regular season. We're going to see, though, you know, now that we have kind of a dress rehearsal coming up, if the defense can get better. So quickly to give you your daily, because I think we almost need to do it, Jimmy Butler update. Well, he wasn't on the Heat last night, hasn't been traded to the Heat yet, and he did play or practice with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And what is now going down, in my opinion, is an amazing piece of performance art. Supposedly, the rumors are, and this is according to Woj, and if you look at Woj's tweets, they're not the usual breaking stuff. This is something that was so clearly fed to him and probably set up by Jimmy Butler and his agent that Woj just didn't even try and disguise it like he often tries to do. Jimmy Butler took the third-teamers in practice as as his own, and he ran the first team, the rest of the starters, off the court with the third team, putting on what Woj called something like a virtuoso performance or a tour de force performance performance in training camp practice that's hyperbole and then the funniest part is he clapped or screamed at laden their gm y'all need me to win you can't win without me or something along those lines holy shit this has become a sideshow a circus whatever you want to say but that's not what you want if you're the minnesota timberwolves And I just laugh at them. And then of course, Jimmy Butler immediately sits down with Rachel Nichols for an interview on the jump. So this was all set up. She just happened to be there as he returned and what they weren't sure if he was going to practice or not. And then put on this ridiculous display of everything all set up by Jimmy Butler planned and all of this and ESPN went along with it, which is fine. This is fun. We enjoyed this, but just what a silly thing. And now after this, like, how do you take this seriously? And you've got to try and trade him after that because it's just a bad look i think for your franchise at this point it's like have some pride just trade jimmy butler though there's no real reason they should all right before we preview the home game the final preseason game of the night make sure you guys tune in to locked on saints kind of big record got broken monday night by this guy drew Brees. plays for the team not sure if you've heard of him before but you know who has heard of him that is the locked on saints podcast they're letting you know all that you need to know about this record-setting career for Drew Brees, where he goes down, how he did it, all of that. Get some more nuance in your life when it comes to the NFL. Make sure you listen to Locked On Saints. So game day here in the Crescent City, and of course, the Pelicans are welcoming back some key additions after last night's loss from to sorry, the Miami Heat. That is Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and of course, Etwan Moore. All three guys, we expect to maybe start at least two of those three. And so now, as you heard Sean Kelly and Daniel Salerson say in the game last night, if you watched it through the Pelicans app.com, that tonight is the dress rehearsal for those guys, and maybe to see this team really play. I don't think you'll see a full-on dress rehearsal with Julius Randle playing some significant minutes last night, Mirotic getting significant minutes, same thing with Darius Miller, and you don't really wanna play them heavy, heavy minutes. You don't want anyone approaching 50, 60 minutes uh, in preseason in back-to-backs. That's certainly a bad idea and a way to potentially get someone hurt, as all of these guys are still working into game shape still a little bit. But I think you might look to see some true rotations, some true combinations in lineups in the first half for this Pelicans team. They ran some weird ones last night, but we still do need to see, and we haven't really seen it rolled out at all, uh, the all-big lineup of Drew Holiday Alfred Payton or Etwan Moore in there in the backcourt, and then Miritich, Randall, in AD. We want to see if that works in some real live games. Ideally, a couple of real minutes before you try that in the regular season, though you could, and it's probably going to succeed. But you also want to see Davis playing with Miritich, Davis playing with Randall. When do you sub one in? Who starts? We assume it's going to be Miritich, though again, I said I think it could be Randall in spot starts as well. So, how do they work together? You saw Randall trying to do a lot of playing playmaking last night. Does AD know how to move off ball a little bit more, cut baseline, different things like that, or space the court properly for Randall to let him do that playmaking? And anyway, all of these guys just need to get some damn team chemistry on the court together. You've seen Peyton and AD start to develop a little bit of it in preseason as they've played, but you'd like them to get some uh, some more and to really be out there and knowing not just, okay, I'm going to drive and then pass, but now there's Miritich and he'll be there usually when we play and this is how it's going to go so you want to see these guys really start to develop chemistry together you'd also like to see Miritich really get his three-point shot falling because that has not been the case so far in preseason for him it's also unclear, at least when I'm recording this, if we're going to see any of Jalil Okafor. It really seems like his spot on the team is going to be secured, particularly with the struggles of Cech Diallo. But you'd like to see him get out there, do a little bit more. Is he the type of guy you're going to bank on to be a scoring threat with the second unit? What exactly is his role going to be? And when he's out there, what other big do you put next to him? Is it Randall? Is it Mirtic? Is it AD? Any of those guys. And so this is kind of where it's important to really figure out maybe other spots as well. You've got to look at the small forward spot, too. You have Solomon Hill, who's really struggled in preseason. You have Darius Miller, who's been out there pretty lights out for the most part from three in the time that he's been playing. So what do you do? Which guy do you put out there or do you throw out one of the other guys that are trying to make the roster that did get significant minutes last night? A guy, just throwing out different names here, Garland Green, Kenrick Williams, uh, or Troy Williams. All those guys can play that spot and are any of them maybe showing some chemistry with Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and the rest of the starters? Are any of their three-point shooting a better fit or the type of skill set that they bring to the table a better fit with some of these other guys? with the starters or with the second unit. That's where this game's really important. The Pelicans have not had their whole team together in preseason, and now they have an opportunity to finally get all of them there. So this is a big deal for the team and what they're looking to try and accomplish, which is right now just to solidify some of these roles. The season starts now in less than a week. You've got some key decisions to make. We can obviously see some guys are going to get cut, but the guys who might make the team are really going to be you know, needed in this game to really show what they can do with the starters with these other guys. Again, the backup point guard position still open. Jarrett Jack got a good bit of run in last night's game. But you're really looking to see how he plays with Anthony Davis, how he plays with Randall, Miritich, the chemistry that's developing there. And this game is an opportunity for these guys really to show off. You can show off at home. This is maybe a way you get some fans on your side who don't really know who these players are. And maybe that's kind of the difference sometimes when it comes to making the team or not. This is also a game where you can maybe make fans a little bit less nervous about everything. We've talked about it this week. We talked about it earlier on in this podcast, too, that the Pelicans have struggled in preseason and some of the areas that they've struggled in. Well, you've got Toronto coming in, who's usually a very good defensive team. They've now added Kawhi Leonard, which makes them better in that regard. But they, they went through a transition on offense last year, really changed their style, and then they hired Nick Nurse to now be the head coach, who's going to continue that and kind of elevate it to another level. A lot of space and pace with that team, especially now that DeRozan's not there, even though he wasn't taking as many mid-range shots last year, but to take those mid-range shots, and the Pelicans were absolutely lit up from three against the Miami Heat in last night's game. Can you defend that three-point line a little bit better? Run those guys off the line. Anthony Davis, if he's playing along with Julius Randle. Randall and Mirtich in Okafor, let's say. Those are decent interior rim protectors, at least in one-on-one situations. But they haven't really had the opportunity to show that this preseason, and the defenses looked pretty bad at times as a result of that. You want to see these perimeter players running guys off the three-point line and trying to funnel them into Anthony Davis to get those blocks. To Randall, who's a strong guy that you can't just bulldoze over in one-on-one basketball. Or to Okafor, who's also athletic and has shown a couple of blocks in the one-game That He's played here with the Pelicans in preseason. This is a lot of time to kind of build a little bit of confidence. These guys are going through the motions. They are playing half speed, but you have to figure they're looking at this and being a little bit concerned and not just kind of hand waving it away because it is preseason. So while it is preseason, there are a lot of stakes in this one for the Pelicans, a lot of things that we want to see that's just going to make us as fans and analysts feel a little bit better and a lot of guys who are fighting for roster spots and rotation spots or spots in the rotation to really go out there and play, which means... This should be a pretty fun game to watch, so you should be excited that if if you're going to the game, you should be excited you're going to be there. I'm excited I'm going to be there. If you can watch it on TV and see this Pelicans energy level higher, see them compete at a better level than they did last night against the Heat, this is only a good thing, and we hope that translates to the regular season. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. We finally maybe get a dress rehearsal where we can really see what this team is going to be like. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.